the show. Welcome to the damned show. Episode 41 of your favorite show, The Island Shuffle. Shuffle. I am host Bean. And I'm host James. And this is a show where we watch Lost in a random order. It's a completely wrong order. Why would we watch it in the right order when we could watch it in the wrong order like this? Exactamundo. Mm -hmm. So this week... Uh, happy Easter, by the way. Happy Easter. Uh, Yesterday was Good Friday. Tomorrow's Good Sunday. And after that, Fun Monday. Fun Monday. Monday Fun Day. Monday Fun Day. You ever heard the song Sunday? Hashtag Sunday Fun Day. I love Magic. that song. I played it about a month ago. I looked it up on YouTube and played uh, it. It's a great tune. That gets they have a fun music video to go with it. The any, boss any, is like golfing and stuff. Yeah, and everyone's in the office and they're like, oh, geez. How's that boring weekend? Yeah. I wish it was Sunday. Sunday fun day. I like that it canonically has a hashtag in it, too. Yeah. That song is just trending all the time. Yeah. Every time it's Monday, I'm thinking, damn. Hashtag Monday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sunday's okay. Sunday's uh, Sunday's good. Sunday's underrated in the game. Um, day of rest, eh? Yeah, day of rest. True. If, if it's good enough for God to rest upon, you know I'm taking my feet off. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm t- popping those feet off, and I am crawling. Today. I I am just cruising around. Today I crawl. I'm just rolling from place to place, shouting hashtag Sunday Fun Day. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, what did we watch this week? This week we watched um, season four, episode eleven, mm-hmm. which is one episode before the three part finale. Yeah, and it is called Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever, and it's all about our boy Jonathan Lockathan. And so Locke, he doesn't have a car anymore. Nope. And he is addicted to getting rides in taxis. He has cabin fever. How are we going to get there, John? Do you want to take the bus? No, I'll take a cab. Uh, Don't you think that's a little much? I got the fever. <laughs> I got the cabin fever. I mean, it's really one of those iconic, like when you think of Lost, uh, you think of Locke, uh, furious, <laughs> excellent performance by Dario Quinn as he shouts, I've got the cabin fever. I've got the cabin fever. Get me in the cab. <laughs> uh, starting off with a joke. <laughs> as we How much do. is it going to cost? Uh oh, it shouldn't be more than five dollars. Oh, good, cause I brought my cabin fiver to pay you with. <laughs> <laughs> that one killed me. <laughs> I'm dead now. Ah, uh, yep. So, so welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. That's what the episode was about. And thank you for listening. And goodbye. Random dot org. Everybody, next week we watch a different episode. Wow, and get lost. Uh, so this episode is all about. Block and his compulsion for cabs. Uh, and also, it's about uh, how Locke and Ben and Hurley, which is such a just that, what a, a crew tag group. What a what a oh my god, what a squad! What a squad, dare I say, squad goals? Yeah, yeah, you dare say. I, d- I, th- I think I must. I, I must dare. I would, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that this squad. Is a goal of mine for for all of us <laughs> to all strive of. to. Yeah. 
Um, t- yeah, none of them are really friends. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really like each other. Hurley, least of all. Like, Locke and Ben at least have antagonist relationships. Yeah, it, I think they both admire each other in yeah. some sort of fucked up way. Exactly. But Hurley's just, like, along for the ride, and boy, it's fun. Boy, is there a ride. Is there a ride. So they're looking for some kind of cabin. Uh-huh. Cause they cabin need, in the woods. They need uh, advice on how to protect the island. Exactly. From Mondo. the scary men in helicopters and military. Yes. From the Charles Widmore. Yes. He's trying to blow up the island. As as one does. He has a small private army. Sure. And uh, I think Locke or Ben yeah. has been informed that the army is coming to blow it all up. Yeah. And they say, well, how are we going to stop this? And then they say, oh, uh, well, let's find the cabin. We got to find <laughs> we got to find the cabin. If we want to stop the the bomb, we must find the cabin. The Im- the the thing they're trying to do is get advice from good old every- Jacob. everyone's favorite character his name is Jacob. Jacob. Uh and they're trying to find this cabin where they believe he is. Um so that's and the reason Hurley's along is because Hurley saw the cabin once. Oh one yeah, time. Her- Hurley saw the cabin once. And so they're like Hurley must know something or other. And they're, they're, I think the first scene we get of them is them all being like, th- like them being like, come on, how much farther is it, Ben? And being like, I don't know. I was following Hurley. None of us know where this thing is. And they're all just like, boy. Oh, no, no. Mo. And then Locke has a dream. Locke has a, he has a dream. Locke and Hurley are both sleeping in the middle of the day. Yeah. That's when you sleep. And uh, Locke is dreaming about uh, Horace. Horace. We've met Horace before. Horace used to work at the Dharma Initiative back when he was alive in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. And he is chopping down trees, and Locke is like, what are you doing? And the guy's like, my name's Horace. (laughs) Um, It sounds an awful lot like you saying his name is Horse. He does. And it's very good to think about. And he's chopping down trees. He says, making a... Little cabin getaway for me and the wife. You know, sometimes you got to get away from the DI, <laughs> the Dharma Initiative, you know. <laughs> and Locke yeah, is like, uh, I don't fucking know what the shit this is. Probably sounds like I'm not making much sense. Yep. That's because I've been dead for 12 years. Damn. Damn. And we're all like, but Horace, you're right here. You're right here. How could you be dead and here? And then we realize... This is just a classic lost mind fuck. This is a mind fuck. His nose starts to bleed and he goes, mm. find me, John. And then he chops down the same tree over and over again yeah. for a while, too. Pretty good dream. Really good dream. We John d- wakes up and he's like, all right, I'm got to find horse. Got to find horse. Um, got to find a horse. So uh, where do you look for a horse? Of, in a mass grave. In a mass grave, obviously. <laughs> so yeah. they go to the mass grave. Yeah, they go to the mass grave and they say, um, like, Hurley's like, what the fuck is this crazy shit? <laughs> and Locke's like, oh, uh, Ben killed the Dharma Initiative. <laughs> and here they are. And here they are. <laughs> An open pit mass it's, grave. It's just a big pit. <laughs> and uh, Locke is like, you guys can wait here. I'm jumping in. <laughs> and then Locke and, and then Hurley and Ben have a little chat. And oh, yeah, it's cute. And Ben's like, and Locke's like, uh, sorry, Ben's like, uh, oh, yeah, remember when I tried to kill Locke and left him to die in this pit? That sure didn't work out, huh? Oh, well, I guess I should have known. I know. I, I, Whoopsie you, do. You know, I used to have dreams, like trippy, weird-ass dreams where dead people would tell me what to do next. So I guess it's not, I guess my time is over and Locke's time is here. Locke's the new boy. Locke's the new fucking sheriff in town. 
the new sheriff. Which is a di- which is a dynamic I like. Throughout the whole episode, you have like Ben being like a snide little fucker and just being like, mm, I can, I know that Locke is the special one. And yeah, I'm, he's a little bit sad he, the whole time. He's, he's, he's like, oh, he's I, I miss you being the man in charge. He's, he's a. I miss when I could uh, form a mass grave and put a hundred people in there. Uh, there's a really crazy line where at one point he's he is like talking to Locke about this, and he says like, "Well, you'll find out what it's like when you now that you've been chosen, you'll know how fucking whack it is." Because I got a tumor on my spine, and I got a dead daughter also. Oh yeah. So you uh, things have been great for me, but you know what? You're gonna find out soon enough that and here's a quote the line of the episode that i cannot stop thinking about which is destiny john is a fickle bitch yes i don't really know what to make of that uh, yeah me too it's pretty fucked well i i i guess i can sort of understand it i don't think he's necessarily wrong but it's just a hell of a choice of words a hell of a choice of words yeah that is absolutely true how would you sum up your entire life dedicated to saving this island and doing unspeakable acts like <laughs> mass violence. like mass yeah. murder and <laughs> and losing your daughter and going through all these things to protect this ostensibly mystical island from uh interlopers Destiny is a fickle bitch. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, Ben. Ben and the Hollywood writers of Hollywood. Yeah, man. Hollywood. Hollywood gave us that line. Hollywood gave us so many... There are this lo, this this is the most quote worthy episode. This we've is a, an incredibly quote worthy episode. Maybe maybe it's just because we're hopping out of a bit of a slump, but this episode is rife with killer lines. John's backstory is incredible. John's backstory is incredible, and we'll get to it. We will get to it. Um, just you wait. Just you you wait. will not even believe. Just you wait. So, uh, luckily, Horace died with blueprints. Luckily, <laughs> luckily. Uh, luckily, Horace died with blueprints in his front oh, pocket. Oh, yeah. He had his cabin blueprints in the front pocket yep. when he was murdered and put in a mass grave. Yeah. And so he, so Locke finds him, and they follow the map to the uh, to the cabin. They followed the blueprints they to follow the cabin. They followed the blueprints to the cabin, which uh. is funny. Every good blueprint has a map on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so they get there, and uh, guess what? Locke's time to go in alone. And he goes in, and he lights the lantern. Oh, he lights the fucking lantern. Oh, he lights the hell out of that lantern. Oh, dude, are you telling me he's lighting the lantern? <laughs> he lights the lantern. Oh, he oh, lights it. He lights the fucking lantern, buddy. Oh, my God. And the room is dimly lit only by a lantern. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. a man in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not Jacob. But I can speak on his behalf. And Locke's like, what are you talking about, you idiot? What's your name? And he says, my name is Christian. And I don't think we've ever met this character before. But he's Jack's dad. I think we did meet him briefly in When Sawyer Killed a Man. Yeah, that's right. He was at the bar and uh, Sawyer killed a man and <laughs> Christian convinced him to kill a man. <laughs> yeah, Christian convinced him to kill a man. Unknowingly. He was just like, you should just do whatever it is you feel like. <laughs> Maybe you're trying to figure out, man. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. Just like how I'm drinking myself to death right now. You just got to do it. Yeah, you just got to do it. Um. So, yeah, Christian's here, but Christian's dead. How could he be here? And what the heck? But, of course... 
you and I both know that there's a character who loves to appear as dead people, and his name is Smoke, smoke Monster. Monster. <laughs> Little smoky, smoky smoker. Yeah. So this is just. So this is all. This is not even. This is not even Jacob, buddy. This, this is enemy. Is a different person. It's a whole different tricking person. Tricking you. And this is something I don't think we would have ever pieced together until like seasons later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But we pieced it together because. Honestly, we're not watching it in the correct order. It's true. If you think about it, we're really watching it in a wrong order. We have information from all over the map. We have all kinds of information, and we're missing some information, too. Absolutely. That's we're missing two-thirds of the information that's still. Tr- that's true. We'll, we'll, we'll get there, I, I hope. Slowly and certainly. One episode at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know who else is in this cabin? Who? Claire! Why? Why is Claire there? Good uh, question. Lock, I wish the show would answer that as well. They don't. Uh, Locke <laughs> asks it explicitly, and he's like, where's the baby? What the hell? And <coughs> the, uh, Christian says that uh, the baby's where he's supposed to be, which is not helpful. <laughs> not helpful or informative. No. Um, and Claire is just like, oh, it's fine. Whatever. Don't this, worry about me. This is my dad. It's fine. Um... My dad. My dad. and My dad. And uh, Christian's like, well, listen, we can, keep j- we can keep gibbering and jabbering. We can hoot and holler till cows come home. But there's only one question that really matters. Isn't, isn't that right, John? And John says, he asks the, the fabled question, how do I protect, protect the, the island? island. Shuffle. Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> Locke really wants to protect this podcast. He wants it to keep going. He wants it to keep going. He never wants it to stop. He He's loves like, I haven't done an acting job in years, but this is the only media coverage I'm getting anymore. He loves it. He loves to hear us talk about him and to joke about uh, conspiracy theories and other things. So Locke is the protagonist now. Locke is the protagonist. Uh, he's the best actor on the show, and we love him to death. Um, Gotta love that old kook. <laughs> that old that old goober. What's his name again? Uh, Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. That's, oh. What a good name, too. Rolls yes. right off the tongue. I would watch him on Broadway. Oh, my God. Terry O'Quinn in Hello, Dolly. Hello, Dolly. That's Hello, Dolly. That's O'Quinn, those pipes, I'm telling you. <laughs> You gotta go to Broadway. You gotta go to Broadway. You gotta get up on the stage. <laughs> oh, Quinn, I'm telling you. <laughs> you gotta go to Broadway, oh, Quinn. I like this character who's Terry O'Quinn's agent who just <laughs> really, really wants him to go to Broadway. D- Terry O'Quinn is like shooting season three of a hit show and yeah. is like, you gotta drop it all, O'Quinn. Oh, I've seen your reel. You gotta go to Broadway. I'm telling you, the Tonys. The Tonys, my boy. Oh, Terry O'Quinn in Mamma Mia. Think about it. Just, just think about that. Think about all those butts and all those seats. <laughs> They'll laugh. They'll cry. They'll cheer. A six-week run like with that. your name on the banner. This agent is getting more and more. like He's like <laughs> chain-smoking as we go. <laughs> yeah. This is the, the agent character is... A person who he goes through an entire life cycle over the course of an hour. 
<laughs> so he didn't speak for the first 15 minutes. No. And then, uh, well, I guess that would assume that uh, yeah. one doesn't speak until they're like 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Would, would people start talking earlier? I didn't speak until I was 20. I wish people wouldn't. School was hard. <laughs> they didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> Or any of us. <laughs> and then when I turned 20, they put a cigarette in my mouth and they said, uh, you got one job, kid. <laughs> Get Terry O'Quinn to Broadway. Think about those butts in those seats. Ah, uh, so many butts, so many seats. Think about the Tony. Uh, New York City. New York. Terry O'Quinn is going to New York to win a Tony in my heart. I think this guy can really make it in the entertainment industry. Absolutely. He's got something. He's, he's got, got something, and he's going to be a real success. Mm-hmm. Especially you're going to hear that name. You're going to hear the name Terry O'Quinn, and you're going to see it on those Broadway lights, baby. On the Broadway lights. He is the Lion King. Uh, so uh, he c- comes out of the cabin. Terry O'Quinn, the Lion King, comes out of the cabin. <laughs> He does a sachet uh, <laughs> down down the way, and uh, uh, there's a nice scene where Hurley and Ben share a chocolate bar in oh, silence. Oh, it's cute! It's very cute. Um, there's also, and guess what? Locke's answer is because it's a very bonkers answer. <laughs> they're like, they're like, did he oh, tell? Yeah. Did he tell you? Well, spill it. Spill it. Spill the beans, spill old the man. Beans. What is, what's the plan? And did and, you get the part? <laughs> what they say? Did they like you? Did they love you? The Broadway producer? And Terry O'Quinn says, they loved me. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> By golly, I got it. I'm going to be the star hairspray. I'm the next big thing on Broadway. I'll tell you that much for free. <laughs> that's, that's Terry O'Quinn's normal that's voice. Terry <laughs> that's his normal voice we hear him on lost and he has kind of like a very like down to earth like well i did it because i thought that it would be right for the island uh-huh. kind of like a like a politician yeah exactly he's very um well spoken um but uh that's all acting of course because in reality he sounds like that he sounds like a newsboy in the 1940s <laughs> I I just want to make enough so I can support my ma. Oh. She's going off to war. Oh, you got to think bigger than that, Terry. Oh, I, I, but mister, I don't have what it takes to make it on Broadway. I'm just a 52-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> I only have several seasons of a hit network show under my belt. Emmys, Schmemmys. It's all about the Tonys, baby. I, I don't even know a man named Tony, mister. The last Tony I met, Tony Clifton. <laughs> Who's this Tony Clifton guy? Oh, he's a real singing star. Let me tell you that much oh, for free. <laughs> I like how Terry Quinn's always <laughs> telling me stuff for free. Yeah, he doesn't like to charge. He doesn't like to charge? And if he did, I would frankly be a little, like, I'd be like a little presumptuous. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> 17 bucks. Imagine if that's how conversations work. That's probably a whole well we could go down if we wanted to. I can tell you, but it'll cost you a fiver. I want another fiver to take another cab. I love taking cabs. Good New York cab. Take it down to Broadway. 
Broadway and Second Street. I got a show I'm auditioning for it. Lion King. <laughs> Lion King 2, the musical. Timon and Pumbaa. I play Timon. <laughs> you know who plays Pumbaa? Yeah, no. A hologram of John Candy. <laughs> Some people say it's in poor taste, but I think if... You know, if Tupac did it, why can't John Candy do it on Broadway? That's true. If Tupac true. did it. If Tupac did it. Tupac came back. He came back. Guys, can we all welcome Tupac back, please? That's my co-star. <laughs> Whoops, no. <laughs> That's John Candy, sorry. <laughs> you missed up the picture. Ah, god damn uh, it. The my, illusion is ruined. My immersion. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> so, th- <laughs> this didn't actually happen. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a confession that needs to be made. Yeah. Uh, that's Did we say what he said? Yet? No, <laughs> we got. We I tried so hard to pull us out, and we just got sucked right back sucked in. Sucked right back in. Oh my god! Uh, but can you blame us when that's such a rich vein to mine? Such a rich vein to mine. Mm. This um, little vein to mine. <laughs> I'm gonna mine it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, here's what Locke says. The plan is. He says, "We have to move the island." Pretty End of far episode. out. Pretty fucking trippy, dude. Someone's smoked a little weed in the cabin. Uh, <laughs> hey, cabin fever, am I right? Um, so, for I know a person, at least one person, for whom that was the cutoff point of Lost. Is that's when it got too far fetched? They were like, "No, when, fuck this." Yeah, exactly. That was their like, "Ah, fuck this show" moment when they just said that they had to move the island. Ah. Uh. That's fair. That's fair, right? Yeah. Pretty fucking bonkers. Even yep. for even for a show like this, it's pretty out there to be like, oh, actually, the island can move. Yeah. If I wasn't so far in, I probably would quit at that point, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand when, Sorry to interrupt, but uh, when, like, I remember I quit early season four, mm-hmm. and that was for me with the flash forwards and stuff. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, this is going off the rails a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then you put in, like, that whole season, yeah. and then they're like, ah, we're just going to make a shittier thing. Yeah, season, yeah season, season four was a real, um, I don't even know what to say about it, because it's so... It, this is also the season that got cut short because of the writer's strike. Yeah. So especially the last half of the season feels like just like you're just like getting that unfiltered madness yeah. right into right into your heart. Because uh, it's a tough vein it, to it just un- feel, filter. It just feels at like at least filter the madness. At least, at least filter the madness. Uh, there's another plot that unfolds. Yes. Upon the freighter. Oh, the freighter. That one's mm. really interesting, actually. Yeah. Very scary stuff scary stuff uh martin kimi and the military boys have flown back and they're like hey we are going back to blow up the island now time to kill (coughs) time to kill it's time to kill baby uh guess what time it is killing time killing time and the captain's like that no i didn't think we were killing i didn't think we were killing i thought we were just doing an extraction and kimi basically says like i run this shit now uh, so we're do we're we're killing him. So we're killing now. Mm-hmm. We're killing boy. Now. Oh, let me tell ya. Um, <laughs> uh, let God. me tell you how much killing's gonna be going on these days. So oh much. boy. Uh, Frank, gas up the chomper. It's <laughs> murder time. It's murder spree o'clock. And Frank is like, "Well, boy, howdy, folks. You know how much I love to fly and pilot and 
I am the pilot, the pilot after all. I love to do it, but here's the thing. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I don't want you to kill. I don't want you to kill. And so in response, Kimi kills a doctor. Yep. The only doctor on the boat, I believe. He kills the one doctor because there's not anyone expend. Like, the doctor is obviously the most expendable person you have. Of course, of course, of course. Especially when it was disclosed to him about two hours earlier that there is, like, this weird sickness going around amongst mm-hmm. the entire crew. Yeah, that's making them all uh, do weird shit like hop overboard and commit suicide and shit like that. Time to kill the doctor. Better kill the doctor and then go do some killing of my own with the whole team. The the whole team. And he kills the doctor and then Frank's like, well, you know what? Uh, now that you killed the doctor, yeah, well, yeah, that's all I was trying to get you to do. So <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll fly you out, boy. I was, I, was sick of the, I was sick of the doctor anyway. I was sick of looking at that fucker. He told me I had pneumonia. I didn't like the way he talked to me. Sick Frank. Sick Frank. Frank does not. He is. So that was the thing that sort of tripped me about this episode. Frank's rejection of his pneumonia diagnosis. (laughs) (laughs) Very out there aspect. Very weird thing to focus on in an already (laughs) densely packed episode with this. (laughs) Frank spending 10 minutes going on and on about his pneumonia (laughs) diagnosis. I don't have pneumonia. This guy says I have pneumonia. I don't have it. Do I look like a guy with pneumonia? (laughs) I like to fly the chopper. I gotta get pneumonia from my body. Meanwhile, he has 1,000 stains on his wife. Undershirt. That's true. Actual true thing. Actual true thing is that uh, Frank has two outfits. <laughs> Early, late Frank is of course disheveled with a pilot's uniform, so yeah. you know he's a pilot. And he also stop never stops talking about how planes are good and how much he wants to fuck a plane. I'm a pilot. <laughs> uh, and so, <laughs> uh, but early Frank is a little is a little more than that. Has a, has a few more things, and also his outfit is grossly stained undershirt and like a hawaiian like button up it is <laughs> gross <laughs> to look at him like he is a very dirty looking man he's it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> he's filthy at least like pilot frank for his lack complete lack of any personality at least pilot frank fucking cleans up nice you that's know? it and it's like it doesn't make any sense because no one else on the boat <laughs> looks like that. Everyone no. else has like changes of clothes <laughs> and stuff. Well, Frank is just like wearing the same clothes while vomiting on them every single day or something. It's like he's a baby that everyone <laughs> gets to change. Like it is such a weird part of his character that he just is in this disgusting stained outfit the whole time that he won't change out of. Ah. Ah. He's so fucking gross. Oh <laughs> it my makes God. me uncomfortable to look at him. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Ah. Oh, shit. Poor guy. Oh, fuck. Uh, (laughs) Frank, get it together, dude. I love, though, that, like, in his mind, because it is, like, an unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt with a (laughs) gross-ass undershirt underneath, and he probably thinks that he is, like, being somewhat Uh, respectful by not just going, like, bare belly (laughs) under the unbuttoned shirt. It's like, I don't want to show off my belly hair. 
Yeah, I'd I rather w- this gross ass shirt. I think in 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 season five and six we should have seen we Frank should have just been completely <laughs> shirtless, shirtless the whole time, just like completely from nude, toe to tip nude. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be Network s- TV doesn't do that enough. No, they should. Uh, give us Frank's belly, please. Yeah, give it back. Uh, the people who want Frank's belly. <laughs> Uh, so we're just a new shirt. Uh, Frank eventually agrees to take him on the chopper. There's a few other scenes of significance among that, which is you get to see uh, Kimi sees that Mike finds out that Michael is the spy yeah. and goes to beat him up a bit, and Michael's like, mm, "Fuck you!" Yeah, I don't like you beat up. <laughs> and uh, there's another scene where the captain gets shot. Mm-hmm. Captain tries to pull. Captain pulls a gun uh, out and says, "Hey." No, don't do it. Don't go kill everybody. And uh, they just kill him instead. They just kill him instead. <laughs> they just, they <laughs> They're like, no, no, you, oh, we'll kill you. Mm-hmm. We'll start it all off with you, idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I think that's pretty much all the island stuff, huh? That's all the island stuff. Uh, there's one line I want to highlight, uh, which is that when they first get to the mass grave, and Locke is like kind of like building oh, up the reveal yeah. to the mass grave, and he's like, uh, you know, the Dharma Initiative must have had, like, you ever wonder, Hurley, what happened to the Dharma Initiative? There must have been hundreds of these guys, like, doing the stations, you know, folding laundry, whatever, like, boop, beeping the boops. Must have been so many researchers. What happened to them? Where'd they all go? Uh, they were, they were, they were manning the stations. They were, <laughs> they were recording information. They were making all that ranch dressing that you love. <laughs> Burn! John Locke disrespects Hurley so hard with that line. It's so... it You know, it really is something how much this show loves to make Hurley his big jokes. Yeah, exactly. All that ranch dressing all, you love. All that ranch dressing that Hurley can't get enough of. He's that big ranch. His one interaction with Ben is they share a candy bar. Fuck. God. Sometimes the show is uh, bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least Weezer got a new album out of it. That's true. They did get a new album out of Hurley. And thank goodness. Thank Not a goodness. moment too soon. Not a moment too Right on the pulse of the culture, Weezer is. That <laughs> Rivers Cuomo's a goal. He knows what he's doing. They should put him in loss. They should put him in loss. They should put him on Broadway with me, Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> me, Terry O'Quinn. Me, Terry O'Quinn, and put Rivers Cuomo in my show, my brand new show. Uh, it's a autobiography about Dolly Parton. It's called Dolly from Hollywood. <laughs> and uh. I play Dolly Parton, Rivers Cuomo. He plays my guitar. <laughs> now that is a show I would see. <laughs> Holy shit. Just Terry O'Quinn just like carrying Rivers Cuomo around. Strumming <laughs> him and Rivers Cuomo is going like ding ding ding. <laughs> Rivers Cuomo is going That famous Dar- Dolly Parton song, Smoke on the Water, that everyone loves. Is that Smoke on the Water? Uh no, that's Sunshine of Your Love by Cream, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. I got my I got my dun, 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 I got my baby's dun, first drips mixed dun, dun, up. Ah, uh, forgive me for my classic rock sacrilege, Lord. Ah, ah we'll get over it, will we? Uh, Terry, so, well. Uh, nice to hear from you, Terry. N- love, love to hear from Terry. Um, we got some flashbacks in this episode too, huh? Yeah, we do. We have 
all of the childhood of John Locke. Mm-hmm. And then one scene where he's a, an adult man. He's an old man. Uh, but They skip all of adulthood. Yeah. There's no real like central plot to these flashbacks other than they all kind of share the theme of Locke is uh, ha- has having a rough go, I guess. <laughs> having a rough go and well, damn, he's a scientist. <laughs> okay. Um, so first scene of the episode. Emily is uh, putting on her lipstick, her lipstick, dancing, listening to Buddy Holly, and baby, you're sitting there li- thinking, well, "This is, is this the fucking fifties or what?" <laughs> sure looks like it. Sure looks like it, and sure enough, it is. And uh, she's like, "I'm going out, mom. Fuck you." And <laughs> you're not going out with that man. He's a hundred years older than you. And Emily's like, I do what I want. Uh, see, look, I'm going to d- prove it right now by running into oncoming traffic like I love to do every day. And that's what she does. She gets hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. She gets hit by a truck. Uh, a thing that happens way more often than I thought it did in Lost is yeah. that someone someone just like strolls confidently into clear traffic and yeah. gets m- brutally injured. And if they need to die, they die. If they don't need to die like she doesn't get very injured no. this is actually just a way to take her to the hospital mm-hmm. to birth a child to birth a child uh three months premature yeah uh, she's like whenever they're taking her she's like oh i'm six months pregnant i'm six months pregnant mm-hmm. and it's like no one knew her. what that's a weird <laughs> i feel like six months is just pretty long far along yeah i'm surprised that, yeah i don't know how you get away with concealing that for that long i get like two months or three months yeah six months seems hard but also i don't know how pregnancy works true it doesn't make sense to me nine months i thought the, i thought the stork brought me a baby oh yeah they do well well only three months till the stork comes yeah that's that's what she was saying right yeah he's got a big terry o'quinn <laughs> star of broadway <laughs> tony award nominee <laughs> Uh, so, uh, he has the baby and says, name him John. And guess what? It's John Locke. It's John Locke. And then later they're looking at the baby in the incubator and they're being like, wow, this little shitty baby's staved off so much. Oh yeah. What did they say? I wrote it down. (laughs) That is what they say. He's staved off so much. He's had infections, pneumonia, you name it. You name it. Whatever it is. He's had gout. He's had... Uh, shepherd's disease. He's shepherd's had, pie. Uh, he's had, uh, had a really good soup yesterday. He, he's had it all, and it through he's it's he's still <laughs> kicking. <laughs> we accidentally put him underwater for like fifteen <laughs> minutes. I don't know how that one happened, but but hey, he's fine. <laughs> he's doing okay. He's doing great because he's a resilient little guy. Yeah. Uh, and now we're gonna open up the box so that you can look at him for the first time and hold him in your beautiful arms, Aww. mom time. Guys, it's mom time, except guess what? Emily isn't into it. She says, no, I can't do it. I can't be a mom. It's the 50s, and I'm too young. Ah, and then she runs away. But her mom is sitting there, lights up a cig before the nurses are like, hey, I know it's the 50s, but this is a three-month premature baby, so maybe no to that. Uh, And then looking in the window, who do we see? They're like, who's that guy? Is that the father? And he's like, I don't fucking know who that guy is. But you and I know. Richard Albert. Ricky. Ricky Dicky. Sticky Ricky fucking coming through. Ricky Ricky Nine Doors. And of course, he looks the same as he ever... He looks handsome. He looks good. He's in a nice suit. 50s Rick is 
quality. Yeah. Well, I bet he was having a great old time. 50s. Oh, man. The 50s? Pro time. Uh, The next scene we see is Locke in a foster home putting together a backgammon set. A kid fucking fucks it up and says, this game stinks. That kid's stupid. You don't get the game. See, this kid doesn't get the game. This kid doesn't understand the game, which frankly is offensive. It's, uh, if a child does not understand backgammon, I don't know, like... Why would I watch that show? Seems, seems, like, seems, seems like a waste of my time, Give personally. me a kid on the show who does. And thankfully, there is one. Yeah, it's John Locke. Young John Locke. Young John Locke. Young Terry O'Quinn. Young Terry O'Quinn. Uh, and so... Genius fucking... Good actor even then. Even, even as a baby, Terry O'Quinn was killing it. <laughs> so, John... So, Richard comes. Uh, Richard comes through and uh, to, the, to Locke's foster home. And is like, hey, I run a, I run a thing for medic for gifted students, yeah, and we, cool. and we think you might have what it takes. Uh, so I'm gonna do a little test for you right now. And what do you think? Uh, what do you think about this? So he lays out a bunch of items on the table and says, now listen, you tell me which of these items is already yours. And there's like a compass. There's a vial of sand or something. Uh-huh. There's like a book of laws, a dusty ass book of laws. There's a comic. There's a knife as well. There's a dirty old knife. There's a nasty-ass knife. And uh, Locke uh, is eyeing them all, and he settles on the knife. And Rick, Ricky's like, you sure the knife is yours? Well, it fucking isn't. And he grabs <laughs> it back, and he takes it all, and he's like, sorry. Uh, you ungrateful little shit. You'll never make it to Broadway. You'll never, you're never making it to Broadway with that attitude, kid. And, uh, the, and he's like, sorry, I wasted your time in pieces. Uh, shitty scene, awful scene. Not a good scene for sure. Just I didn't a, get it. It's a nonsense scene. Uh, there is an there is an a- answer to that scene. You know what the correct answer was? What the compass? Because uh, we see in the future that Locke gives him the compass and says, "You're gonna give this to me in the future." And also, if you don't believe me, fucking go see me. I get born in a few years or whatever. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. But oh, that's interesting. It's also, okay. it's also um, the implication I like about that is that the compass was never made. It just has kept going through this weird time yeah, loop. Yeah, it's just in a time loop. It's just in a time loop. Ricky keeps giving it to Locke. Locke keeps giving it to Ricky. And the compass just is eternal. But he wanted the knife. He wanted the knife. He wanted to do a stab. Give me a stabber. Give me a stabber. Uh, the next scene is maybe my favorite scene in history. Uh, oh, yeah. This is great. This is maybe the reason film is invented. Uh, he's knocking on, he's banging, saying, let me out of here. Let me out of here. Locke is a teen in high school. Yeah. And boy, is it ever tough to be a teen in high school. Uh, when, especially when you're getting shoved into lockers like Locke is. He's shoved in a locker. He can't get out. He can't get out. And he gets out, and the guidance counselor or whoever is like... Science teacher, science, I think. Science teacher. All the girls are laughing. All the cheerleaders are laughing. All the cheerleaders are like, that little boy is being tormented. Oh, I love it's to... so cute. It's so funny how suffering is. <laughs> this violence going on in my everyday. It's cool and funny to me. Uh, and the cheerleaders are all laughing, and... <laughs> the, the, can you get, can you can I get a quick read from you on the science teacher's excellent line that he shouts at the at the at the cheerleaders? What I, I do I did write this. Um, get to class, ladies. Tardy bell just <laughs> rang. Tardy bell. Tardy bell just rang. I don't. I haven't heard of tardy bell ever. Maybe. No, me neither. That's tardy not- bell. 
I love the thought that the tardy bell rings, but all the cheerleaders are just like, no, <laughs> not know, us, no, 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 no. We gotta watch a boy in a locker. No, we lead cheers. <laughs> we lead cheers. The tardy bell rings for no one. The tardy bell rings for no one, and the person that has like a cheerleader in their class are like, yeah, they'll show up eventually. They can do whatever they want. The cheerleaders. <laughs> Cheerleaders have that right. Uh, I'm so Terio Quinn, and I play a, uh, I I I play a teacher in my own high school. <laughs> I teach myself. That's how smart I am. Teach myself how to play backgammon. That way, I can never lose. <laughs> I'm Terio Quinn. Terio Quinn is a multifaceted talent yeah. and the voice of a generation. Multi-talented faucet. Wow. Hot and cold. Hot and cold. Um, so Terry of Quinn uh-huh. is, um, teen, teen Terry is brought to the science teacher's lab and he's like, Hey, I'm sorry that happened to you. That sucks. But Hey, check this out. This, uh, science lab called uh, up in Portland, wink, wink called middle Oast labs. Wink, wink was looking for gifted students. Wink, wink. Uh, and they, uh, they asked specifically about you and they were saying, Hey, you should come to the camp. They're doing really cool, crazy science shit up there. And, I think maybe this would be a good opportunity this for you. This man, Richard Alpert, he wanted to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, this, this Dr. Alpert guy, this Dr. Ricky guy. And Locke does not want to hear this. Oh, Let me tell you. Did you, have it, do you have it written down? This was the line of the season. This is, the, this is maybe the greatest line of dialogue I've ever seen. Teen Locke, it goes, I'm not a scientist. I like boxing and fishing and sports. Sports and cars. That is word for word his dialogue. That's his dialogue. I'm That's not a scientist. And then the the teacher responds, going like, "You'll never be a quarterback, kid." Yeah, you just gotta... you like it or not, you don't want to be in the lab with all the trinkets. But that's who you are. Yeah. Instead of being like trying to play up his like being like, well, actually, it's good to be a scientist. You don't have to be ashamed of that. He's just like. Get over it, kid. You'll never be cool. You're a nerd and get used to it. <laughs> get used to it. Which um, I like. I like that uh, technique, it's, actually. It's pretty <laughs> stone cold. Just beat him into being a scientist. I just can't believe the, like, you know how teens talk. You know how teens are always like, I like boxing and sports and cars. I love cars and boxing and fishing. Like soup, Like, defensively. Oh, um, yes. Like, that's just a cla- classic teen mood. We've all been teens, and we all can relate to this teen scene. But then you see underneath them, though, that it's like they'll never be the quarterback. They're they're a scientist deep down. They're a scientist Which is a big down. fucking loser thing to be. Yeah, and it's, honestly, I think we can all agree. Every scientist is a huge nerd. Huge nerd. They probably don't even like boxing or fishing or anything. They probably hate their interesting work and financial security yeah man talk about some dweeb shit that's nothing better than being a man in your 40s watching boxing (laughs) which i mean whatever i i like watching sports and stuff too that's (laughs) fine but Uh, hey listen i'll never be a scientist that's true can't confirm i will i be a scientist in my 40s probably not but i will probably be watching a sport i bet so John Locke, you are a nerd. John Locke, confirmed nerd. Uh, go, wha- go on that stage. Uh, <laughs> what do you got to lose? Uh, we got one more scene, which is Locke trying to rehabilitate his uh, broken legs. Oh, yeah. He's getting wheeled back, 
and the wheelchair person, the wheelchair uh, handler, the guy that's pushing him, is chatting him up and being like, wow, uh, you must have made some pretty good progress today. And Locke's like, nah, fuck this shit. I'll never get feeling back in my legs. It's, I'm bummed out. It's useless. I got a 2% chance. I got a 2% chance of getting feeling back in my legs. What's the point? And uh, the guy's like, well, hey, you survived uh, eight-story fall. That uh, sounds like a miracle to me. And we pan up, and who is it? But none other than the lawyer who threatened Hurley that one time yep, in the future. That lawyer who threatens Hurley. Oh, I guess this was in the past, right? This was in the past. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this guy. Mm-hmm. This guy, some guy who uh, is mysterious and threatened Hurley one time, comes along and is like, you know what? He, he, <laughs> first thing he does is he like wheels him to the elevator, then he wheels him past the elevator and leaves to him like stairs. Leaves, yeah. leaves, let's leaves him at the stairs in a way that's like, vaguely threatening yeah <laughs> like not, i like that part it's pretty pretty buck wild and uh lock's like hey man can you just you're tr- an all-star can you just can you just get your game on and go play please <laughs> uh and and buddy's like here's what you need here's the thing you ever heard of a walkabout mr lock and lock's like i don't fucking know i don't fucking walk <laughs> i i can't i literally can't walk so definitely no and he's like well you should do it because you're gonna find yourself if you do it and lock's like whatever dude go away uh you like and he's like well listen when i was a when i went on my walkabout i found out so much about myself i found out the truth about who i really am meant to be and Locke's like yeah you're a fucking orderly whatever and the orderly's like oh i'm a lot more than an orderly mr lock wink wink nudge nudge hint hint I threaten psychiatric patients. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally all we know about this guy right yeah, now. Yeah, we don't see him at any other point. No, we see him We see him tell Locke about what a walkabout is and plant the seed that will send him to the island one day. Which uh, is cool. Which is cool. And so we he's also a farmer planting seeds. He's a farmer planting seeds, but he's also threatening Hurley uh, ominously in the, in the psych ward. Which is not cool. Uh, not cool. Uh, so, that happens. That's it. That's it. How do you th- how are you what do you think of this episode? I loved this episode. It was incredible. This episode is rife with the good shit. Yeah, so much good stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So much happens. A lot is happening and none of it feels like uh I'm not going to say that it's all like makes sense yeah. cuz there's clearly holes like everywhere. Uh but in general, it's an entertaining ride. The main core of Hurley Ben and and Locke is just fun. Awesome. It's just awesome and fun to Give watch. Give me that trio any day. And normally I'm not too hyped on like the the freighter crew doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I thought the confrontation between the captain and the military guy was pretty neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was tension. It was real. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. Saeed and Desmond were around too. Oh, yeah. One thing I really like is that during like the confrontation where like Kimi slits the doctor's throat uh-huh. and shoots the captain. Desmond's just sitting there. It like pans to his face every now and again, and that's literally the last we see of him all episode. Yep, he's just, just like, like watching. He's just like watching these murders unfold and being like, "Well, this is pretty fucked." Yeah, I guess this is my Tuesday. I guess this is this is just another Tuesday on the damn freighter. Uh, and the flashbacks, while like being completely nonsense and having tons of that classic lost bullshit that doesn't really mean anything, uh-huh. like Richard being like, maybe he wants the Book of Laws or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even the, even cool. even the, with that, it was still like fun. And it was goofy. fun. Yeah, that was the worst flashback scene, and it was very short. 
Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, even though like the they didn't really have a through line, they were still entertaining. I like that episode. That pulled us out of a slump, I think. That pulled us out of a big honking Oh, slump. yeah, and we're almost done with Michael, and uh, yeah, even I th- think we only have good episodes left. Uh, yeah, I think every episode from here on out is going to be entirely super good. What do you uh, say we find out? What do you say we find out? Uh, I'm busting open the sheet and uh, ready for that number. Okay. Random.org. Hey, our favorite website on Earth. Generate 21. 21, huh? I think we might have watched that. Uh, in fact, no. no. 21 is season one, episode 21, of course. <laughs> uh, the Greater Good. It's a Saeed episode. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm down. I had, love this. We haven't had a Saeed episode in a minute. We haven't had a... We actually had a season one episode pretty recently, but let's do another one. What I do you love say? that boy. Love 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 that boy. We want to say thanks again for listening to our silly ass podcast about the show, lo- the good show lost and the bad show lost. Because <laughs> they're one the and the same, baby. Shows. The, sh- the show contains multitudes, you know. Uh, I've been Bean. I've been James. Like we say, at the end of every one of these recording sessions, we're going to tell you.